What's up? It's the Spine Crackers Podcast back again with another episode beaming straight from the internet to your fucking ears. That's Whoa. right. From the horse's mouth to the sheeple's ears. No, you're not sheeple. If you listen to this show, you're not fucking sheeple. That's facts. Yeah, That's you're, right. You're, you're a free a thinker and you're fucking uh, a badass. Yeah. That's what I say. I feel similarly. And uh, well, yeah, all all thirty of you out there. No, nah, dude, we have like we have like eighty listeners, bro. Yeah. Really? If More the like if, if the if the Spotify statistics are to be believed, that's pretty sweet. I don't know how it calculates it because it's like some of the episodes will get like hundreds of listens, but it's like you have like 70 listeners. Maybe that's people who listen to regularly, like more, more multiple episodes in a row. I don't know. I don't know how they fit calculate it. Yeah. Well, it's an, well, like we've said before, it's an elite Navy SEAL for the brain type Facts. group. Uh, you know, they're the elect and they've 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 desired to ascend and self-actualize in a way that we straight, respect. Straight facts. Yeah. If yeah. anyone out there is, yeah, you're like the Navy SEAL of book podcast listeners. And if you're a patron, you're a Sardaukar. You're a Sardaukar. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is that some Harry Potter or something? No, it's, it's from Dune. I just Dune. Oh, Dune. Okay. I don't know anything about Dune. I've never I read, read it. the first two Dune books on the third one, and I'm into it. Yeah. Did you, uh, wait, you made a Patreon video about Barbie? I did, and I got to upload it. Fuck. Oh, you, it's not uploaded yet. Yeah, well, I was going to upload it straight to Patreon, but I have to upload it to YouTube. And you I have to do it on YouTube first. Yeah, yeah. and then make the yeah. link. If anyone wants to hear Paul's thoughts on Barbie uh, and our other thoughts and our full episodes of the show, because you only get to hear the basic shit, you know? It's not the whole story. You only get to yeah. hear the basic, uh, uh, you know, like undergrad, third grade level analysis of the book on the main show. The good yeah. stuff all happens in the Patreon, including taking uh, uh, questions from our the viewers who are on our Discord, which is full of fun, good people. Patreon.com slash Spinecrackers is as little as $2 a month. And um, it's fun. Yeah, you it's can fun put on Discord the spinal cord. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you like the show and you don't want to be, be a Patreon and you want to support us in another way, uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that's important. Or anywhere. Apparently. Or anywhere, but I think that's the one that matters the most. Still, for yeah. some reason, I don't really for know some why. fucking reason. Who listens yeah. to podcast? I mean, because everyone has Apple. That's why. Yeah, everyone's got. Which the little... I just, for the record, I know I've said this before. Boo Apple, uh, uh, Windows, Mac, uh, PC products forever. Objectively right. wrong. Let's move on. No, objectively yeah. true. Okay, fine. Let's move on. Fine. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Oh, you like the headphones? They look like drips of cum coming out of your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Uh, well, today uh, we have a uh, book that we're going to talk about by, for, by uh, Nobel laureate mm. Tenzaburo Oe mm. called The Silent Cry from 1967. When did mm. he win the Nobel? 94. 94. I was, I was thinking the other day, I had a crazy idea that I should read one work by every Nobel Prize winner. And yeah. there's, there's a lot. And not a, good, a lot of them don't yeah. even have it's like their stuff is not even in print like some of the early guys i feel like it's or the early winners which of course they were all guys of course let's be real um yep. the early up ones. until michelle obama michelle obama uh has not won the nobel prize for literature uh yet uh, barack did oh barack he won the not not for literature no but he just he won a nobel peace prize yeah 
Yeah, that's all. There's different. Doing. There's different Nobel prizes. I know. How many are there? How many Nobel prizes are there? That's a good question. There's peace, literature, um, love, dope, science. I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to remember if it's just general science or if it's like more specific. Um, math. Let's, let's check this out. I think there might be one for math. Yeah, didn't yeah, the guy in, from? Uh, I was going to say Born Identity. That's not it. The Beautiful Mind. Okay, so John Nash. John Nash. Okay, there's five. All right, let's see what they are. There's physics, chemistry, physiology, and or medicine, literature, and peace. Okay. That seems kind of science heavy. That's a little science heavy, dude. That's kind of bullshit. I think there should be one for science fiction. (laughs) Yeah, break down the genres. I think there should be I think there should be one for art. I like love how vi- like yeah. visual art. There should be one for esports. There should <laughs> yeah, be speed running. There should be one for dog grooming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Best in show, Nobel and Prize. There should be one for beer brewing. I like that. There's just peace, and it's it it definitely in in like company with those other things. It sounds like heart, the heart guy from Captain Planet, like the <laughs> one who's just like. And heart. <laughs> like, okay, bro. Yeah, sure, dude. Cool. What if they had one for war? <laughs> A Nobel Peace Prize for war. Henry Kissinger would have won it like 30 years running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's what Alfred Nobel was like combating in his internal demons, too, as like the first Oppenheimer, basically. True, true. He's like, I'm sorry. My bad, everybody. My bad. Let's do a prize for nice people. For for cool stuff and peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, a, a, a book in which you will find no peace. Uh, no. Very little peace is The Silent Cry by Kenzaburo. Oh, wait. And I just got to say, I never do this, but trigger warning for everything, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure with this book, it's safe to say. Uh, literally everything that you could possibly be triggered by warning for it has it all it has it all folks in incest rape suicide uh um like what else i mean racism lots of racism racism um sodomy with vegetables vegetable Mm -hmm. sodomy Uh, suicide we said that i said that but there is a lot so we should just uh, alcoholism substance abuse right dead babies um, oh yeah dead babies and dead babies, babies. With developmental yeah. disabilities yeah, yeah. Yep. ableism mm-hmm. fat phobia so pretty much li- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that one that one kind of surprised me major fat phobia yeah i was like i was like it was it's also so funny we'll get to it but compared to modern standards not that fat no, what was her? What was her general weight? Three hundred. It's like two seventy or something, which is like you just walk down the street and see any people that who weigh that much. <laughs> That's true. Every day, yeah. and and in the book, this woman is is identified the- as the fattest woman in Japan. <laughs> well- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I love how she's just eating dough balls or something to keep her like hunger down. Yeah, yeah, just like stray balls of dough and fucking yeah, flour. Sounds um, fucking awesome to be honest. Yeah, based. So anyway, a lot of fucked up shit in this book. Uh Dan, we're gonna talk about all of it. So whose pick was this even? Paul, I think it was yours, right? This was my pick, yes. Why'd you pick it and what's it about? 
Well, I, I picked it because I knew it was going to be like trigger warning festivals. Uh, that's why. No, actually, that's not true at all. I had no idea. I, I found this at a thrift store and I just looked at the cover and I was like, this looks cool. Uh, I like the cover. Cool title. Which, which one do you was... have, Paul? He has the better the version, I think. I have this one. Oh, no, you have the good one, too. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, Paul, so we have the Kodansha International Edition. Yeah, and I saw which has a cool, uh, cool blue cover. I don't know what the fuck that. I don't know what that picture is supposed to be. Yeah, that edition sucks, Matt. I hate that cover. I know it's Grove Press. Uh, you guys, you guys, you, you guys blew it. it. They you biffed, blew it. They biffed it. You blew hard. it. You blew it. You blew it. Um, you tried. I can see you tried, but you blew it. Dude, it's funny. I bought this book at a thrift store also before you even put it on the list, just randomly. No way. Yeah, dead ass. Like last summer. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. What? Wow, we we must have been on the same w- mental wavelength. Yeah, I guess Who, so. um, how much was theirs? Mine was one ninety nine. Uh, mine was five bucks, dude. I got ripped off. Oh, what the sucker. fuck? <laughs> Who's uh, 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 who was your y'all's translator for your editions? John Bester. Okay, so we all have the same translation. Okay, that's, that's good. That's a I good, was curious. Good check. Shout out John Bester for translating. Did a wonderful job, from what I can tell. Yeah, there was a nice translator's note in the beginning too. Oh, I, you know what? I didn't even fucking read that. Oh. What I didn't get it? one because my edition stinks. Yeah, poop that edition. So anyway, Paul, what's this book about, man? Well, this book is about, it's a really, really fun, great time about two <laughs> brothers kind of having like an adventure. <laughs> it's basically Super Mario. It's like Mario and Luigi yeah, yeah. just having a fun time. You know, they go, they kind of like want to, you know, reinvent themselves in their in their hometown, I would say. Right, and there's a lot of different adventures along the way, and it doesn't really end that great. But um, it was a really good time. They learned something, and they were closer for it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, they learned about the the screaming void that is the capital T truth. That right, right, eats away at all selfhood. Yeah, right. Which leaves you the choice to either kill yourself or cope. It's like the fucking. It's like the. It's like the. It's like the fucking. Uh, the classic Morrowind meme. It's like with this. With this character's death, the thread of fate is severed. Uh, reload a save file or persist in the doomed world you've created. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like literally that though. It's literally that, and and so the choice is uh, thread or sever the thread of fate or persist in the doomed world you've created. Right. Those are the two choices that everyone in this book is faced with. And yeah, yeah, it is kind of just this uh, dichotomy between two modes of being, both of which are completely dismal and bleak yeah, and require you to basically accept the malevolence of the world. Yeah. So basically, right. So, I mean, Paul's right. It's about the two brothers and the, the elder brother, Mitsu, or Mit, uh, that's what he's called, but Mitsu Saburo is his full name. Uh, what's their last name again, Matt? What, what's their family name? They're the Netakoros. Netakoro, right. Um he the book starts out with him coping with his one of his best friends uh strange and dramatic suicide uh which involves hanging and painting his entire head red and shoving a cucumber up his ass yeah mm-hmm. um, not in that order not necessarily in that order i don't know the order well the hanging came last um, <laughs> we know that we know that yeah. but the other stuff not sure Unclear um, about- so he's sort of puzzling and trying to make sense of this 
event, you know, um, mm. dealing with the funeral and and his friend's m- mother, who seems like a badass. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a college professor. He's like a lecturer. Right. Or, or he, he's a translator. He works as a yeah. translator, but also, I think, as an academic in some capacity, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was an English teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. He like yeah, teaches English. Both. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, in Tokyo, in Tokyo, in Tokyo, yeah. and he's coping, dealing with this, uh, coping and seething, and um, <laughs> and, and uh, his wife is a uh, an alcoholic, descending into the depths of <laughs> just drinking whiskey twenty four seven, essentially, and staying at the constant level of drunkenness mm. and uh and then the fun uh cherry on top for his situation is they have a child that was born with uh s- severe mental disabilities to the point that they had to be institutionalized like before they could even speak like at the at like you know presumably at be- pre before a year yeah yeah he had a uh they had a son and it wasn't just like a mental disability it was like a physical disability on top of that or that caused the mental disability they had some crazy growth on their head and then when they operated on it the kid like basically went like catatonic catatonic but then once they became normal they were like feral uh i was curious okay so i read a personal matter um which is is my this is my first oa you you too i think paul oh yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was the first book I read, or the only other book I read of his, uh, which also is about a father who is about to have a child that has a growth in their head. That one is more like this weird like perforation in their skull, and there's something like fucking bulging out of the top oh, and it's God, like it sounds gross we can operate or but you know there's like a 90 percent chance that it'll just be brain dead and like uh, a burden and you'll have to and he descends into alcoholism and like has an affair with like an old <laughs> drug addicted like fling of his from the past and basically just does so it sounds like oa has some some preoccupations i mean i, be- I believe in real life he did have a, a kid did. with a mental with a pretty severe mental disability he did, yeah. So I don't know how he handled it in real life, but that's clearly something he's concerned about. Yeah, he's preoccupied with it. I I, I also had to double check that it wasn't just this wasn't just a continuation of that story in some way, and there was like an extended universe type thing going on. <laughs> oh, that's maybe, interesting. Maybe it's just my Marvel rotted brain, half like trying to like put it together. It's not the disabled child alcoholism extended universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know that novel equally deals with like just people sinking into deep deep depression and like degrading themselves with the shame of the fact that they're ashamed and all this kind of stuff and just with just the dirtiest faintest glimmer of hope at the end of just like maybe they'll deal with it yeah maybe Uh, maybe they won't kill themselves maybe (laughs) as the best outcome so yeah just just noting that that was a the entire plot of a, a whole other novel and a preoccupation of his most definitely from so having he could kind issue. of be like the uh, uh i just started watching what we do in the shadows that that 
vampire show. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mark Froch is in it from on Cinema Game. Remember Mark? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in it, and he oh, plays cool. a vampire that just like sucks your energy by being incredibly boring and sad. Yeah. And That's, maybe oh yeah. Maybe OA is that is the uh <laughs> the the, his, he's on the Billy Dude, dude, for OA, shout out to my boy Billy Corgan, but not really because he sucks now. The world is a vampire for OA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, like super broad strokes, the rest of the plot. His brother comes home from America, uh, his brother Takashi, his younger brother, uh, who went over to America to it seems like essentially do like propaganda plays um about japanese kind of political culture um and he kind of uh joins some student protests for like racial equality in america and he becomes sort of like pseudo radicalized um and so he's coming back uh, and um what paul not before getting gonorrhea yeah he gets an std uh and uh yeah And then, so he comes back and this is sort of an opportunity for um, Mitsu to kind of reassess his life. They go to pick up his brother and his brother sort of informs him like, hey, there's some interest in buying our old family home back in the home, back in our hometown, right? Yeah. Um, They were sort of a well-known, you know, I guess, clan in the area uh, back in the day, a pretty wealthy family, but it's, they've, it's all gone to shit and the town sucks now and it's poor as fuck. And it's all run by this, um, like, uh, shopping, shopping, like a what's the fucking term I'm looking for? Grocery store, like a grocery store magnate, like a like a fucking like Woolworths, you know what I mean? Kind of like a general store. Um, yeah. And he's like the rich guy in the area now, and he owns a bunch of land, and and he's, he's called the of, he's called the emperor of the supermarkets. The emperor of the supermarkets, right? Which so I found anyway, there. you found what? I found that I found that funny. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but it was funny. It's a funny name, yeah. I think there's supposed to be always form of humor in here, slightly, yeah. but it's just so shrouded in darkness that it's like it's just always just like the faintest glimmer of comedy within just endless tragedy. Yeah. Well, I, I was I found myself laughing at it because it was so over the top and absurd. It's but, so, like, yeah. It's so crazy, like it. It's kind of like the same way I laugh at, uh, like I laugh all the way through Eyes Wide Shut because I think it's so overly dramatic. Right. And I was kind of giving getting similar vibes of that. I like, felt I- that way about The Revenant. <laughs> right. Right. I was I was losing my shit by like the last like forty minutes of The Revenant because I was just like, come on, dude, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> <break>. like chill. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, they they uh take the, this opportunity they go back to their hometown and then um takashi the younger brother sort of it, it starts to uh get a posse together because he wants to start a, a little mini revolution against the emperor and he gets all the young people in the town and this is inspired by uh an earlier a couple earlier revolutions there's one in the 1800s like a farmer's uprising and then one that their great-grandfather was involved in and takashi has it in his head that he has to like live up to his great grandfather's kind of like radical political legacy right right um and so he wants to start this this kind of insurrection in the town um and uh mitsu thinks it's ridiculous and then he finds out that takashi's actually already sold the house kind of out from under him and he's kind of like the only reason that he was invited in the first place was just to like give the air of legitimacy to the sale 
Um, and his wife is is still an alcoholic. And uh, basically, this kind of like little mini uprising happens. Uh, they kind of loot a store. Um, Takashi um, uh, fucks Mitsu's wife, whose name is Natsumi. Um, and then uh, he's just like gigacock that he's living alone in this just like <laughs> like in this like frozen in this like frozen barn. <laughs> basically yeah yeah it's just like this is this is where it's like so dark you just laugh like you start to laugh right like yeah it's like jesus yeah. dude and then um and the whole time there's there's this ongoing conversation between them about like takashi has this like deep hidden truth kind of like mitsu's friend and like doesn't know how to say it and then uh it turns out and then they have two siblings also who died <laughs> died one of them one of them was murdered uh after like a violent raid on like the uh a korean, korean like a korean yeah like a korean slum on the outskirts of the village oh, yeah, um yeah. and then their sister was uh also mentally ill and uh killed herself after takashi uh molested her for years i hope you i hope oh, listeners yeah. i hope you understand we're not like making light of it it's just like so much it's on just top like of, on top of one, of one another you know yeah anytime someone says they have a, a deeper truth in them you, you just have to brace yourself for like yeah just some they're horrible... a molester you just assume they're a molester yeah they killed yeah. somebody yeah um and no, then this book was kind of like a lightning bolt song to me it, what it just kept coming just not the whole time just you know what i mean like yeah, all yeah. of sound turned yeah. up to 11 for 300 pages um and then uh and then uh the revolution sort of fizzles out the emperor comes to town and kind of sets everything straight um takashi uh kills himself and uh and then uh we find out that Natsu uh, natsumi is uh pregnant with Takashi's child and the book ends with them sort of Mitsu and, and Natsumi being like well I should we try it or not or, <laughs> or kill ourselves basically but not before she's like but uh but Mitsu you have to stop being a bitch and you have to take this uh job posting in Africa oh yes yeah he's gonna go be like a researcher in Africa with a which is a, there's an interesting through line about Africa in the book yeah just black um, people in general yeah which which i thought was strange i don't know you know and there's like so much in here that i'm sure politically we're missing because we're idiot americans right like this kind of goes without saying with any foreign text i think yeah so yeah that's pretty much the plot yeah i would say is kobo abe a contemporary or he was writing in the same time surely yeah yeah i was I just getting it, a sense because like um I, I, you know, my, my perception of this was that, you know, a certain thing happened to the Japanese, uh, in the relatively recent past set, if yeah. you're talking about the sixties and, um, this felt like a very particular Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer happened. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Good companion piece to the movie, which I saw last week. Um, true actually. So it did feel like a very particularly Japanese form of despair that we were mm -hmm. like seeing in art. Abe has this more like surrealist approach to it and this more like Kafka thing. Absurdism, but, like yeah, like life is a nightmare, but in this more like absurd way. Uh Oe is just going for full on 
like all-encompassing being dissolving depression yeah uh, but it did feel like yeah like this is certainly like the the other type the psychological fallout so to speak of like that event most definitely and it's never mentioned i don't think they vaguely mentioned i think war. it's vaguely alluded to like once or twice but it's like it, which i thought is so interesting it's never really addressed but it's so obvious that that's like the yeah. undercurrent of all of this right because all of those new changes that fomented the the second revolution the one that their brother died in yeah. i believe were like a direct result of wartime or post-wartime like austerity and yeah yeah and all the sort of and the dissolving of the the clan system in the country in the countryside and yeah to prefectures or something like that right exactly um it's i it's actually the the one time that i uh feel like it's mentioned directly i just want to read this passage just because i thought it was awesome and it touches on this point that we're on about the actual addressing of the bomb before you do that i just wanted to say that i didn't realize that that is when the prefectures ended up forming I don't know if that's exact. I don't know the exact historical timeline, but it seems like it was post post war. I think. Yeah, like the fifty, like early fifties. Yeah, like late forties. Yeah, I just didn't know that. I guess I'll have to look it up to see if that's like totally true. But well, yeah, look it up. Look up the timeline while I read this passage. So again, there's this there's this thing about Takashi brings up he he's because Takashi is prone to, you know flights of 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 um political rhetoric and fantasy and he tells these long you know he 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 has this kind of posse of younger kids around him that he has in his sort of thrall uh this sort of older political uh you know he's been to america and he was in the student protests and he's so radical and da 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 um and so he gives all these speeches and like at one point he talks about like the 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 the, the like most human moral thing ever to do that a human has ever done is like go get elephants from africa for a zoo oh because because he like he's like talking about he's like isn't it so awesome that we can go see an elephant in the zoo and someone had to go get it and that's where it's safe too and like if the world ended would anyone go get an elephant for a zoo again it's like his like moral like north star for some reason right? (laughs) right um so, but anyway, so uh, Mitsu is kind of ruminating on this at one point, and this is one of the few explicit mentions of of the bomb. What page you on? Uh, this is two hundred three in our edition, Paul. It's it's right at the beginning of the chapter, the power of the flies. Um, so he says, alone again, I gave some thought to the elephant. In Hiroshima, they said the very first group to flee to the suburbs after the nuclear attack had been a herd of cows. Supposing a vaster nuclear war destroyed the cities of the civilized countries, would the elephants in the zoos escape? Could people, perhaps, build nuclear shelters big enough to accommodate such bulky creatures? No, the Holocaust would certainly leave all the elephants dead in their zoos. Supposing, then, there were some prospect of reconstructing the towns, would would one's eyes be greeted by the spectacle of human beings, broken and misshapen by radiation, gathered on a cliff somewhere to watch as their representatives set off to trap elephants on the savannas of Africa? To anyone occupied with the question of whether there was any good left in man or not, that would surely give a real clue. I'd read no newspapers since the snows arrived, and for all I knew, the world might be in still more desperate danger of nuclear war. But somehow, the fear and sense of hopelessness aroused in me by the idea refused to generate any more intensity than my usual solitary preoccupations. I just I just like love, love that passage, and I and I think it's notable because again, it's a one of the few direct mentions of the bomb in the book. 
and mm-hmm. it ties back to this like weird morality story about people going to get elephants which i just can't i don't know i can't make heads or tails of it uh yet well i think it, it ties into something that i was noticing like thematically which is like animals playing a pretty big role mm-hmm. uh overall and like essentially like like you know basically the concept of the human zoo mm. like a you know like a kind of like captivity that you voluntarily place yourself in for safety's sake that isn't the real environment or the real world to keep yourself away from like experiencing reality in any direct way but right. the the trade off is that you become dehumanized you're an animal right and like mitsu constantly calls himself a rat uh, yes there's this whole thing about like uh mass deaths of chickens in the bottom of the valley town there's like this sick dog that he picks up when he's being miserable in an, a septic tank hole at the very beginning <laughs> that's like, how the story opens basically yeah he's, <laughs> he's like a, he's, he's like in a poopoo hole like hung over and just walks into a poop hole and like chills with this dog <laughs> yeah and just thinks about his his autoerotic asphyxiated friend uh, honestly been there low-key been there <laughs> on, the, on a on a hungover day well as you mentioned great great uh description of hangover morning <laughs> when your eyes you. finally crack open but yeah. there, there's just all of this like uh there was this like consistent sort of imagery having to do with like animals and people mm. and uh people being likened to, to animals and things like this so i think it was like human status as something superior was in question after the war for sure right that was my takeaway no i think that's right and especially after just you know having your entire country bombarded by nuclear waste and explosion like the repercussions and the reverberating effects of that would linger and just make you feel so like make the culture feel so just flattened and depressed and you know controlled in a way in a huge way yeah i mean there's a helpless if you think about how afraid like low-grade fear of the bomb in countries that didn't have it drop on them i can't imagine having the only two ever used in like a sort of combat situation like what that would do psychologically to a place um and then we come in and we're like, oh, you can't have an army either. And <laughs> just yeah. like, I, yeah, like the identity thing, which is another huge sort of sticking point in the book. Uh, it's no wonder things like this book were written after something like that. It is truly fucked up. To, like the psychology of Japan to me is like, it's so strange and fascinating. Just, you know, thinking back to the last few decades and how peaceful of a nation they are now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how like there are allies but i don't know i haven't really thought about it enough but it's strange to me right well we don't want them have an army yeah oppenheimer oppenheimer yo that movie was mid bro it's also so funny dude here's the here's the hot take here's the real hot take that i should save for the patreon that i'll just Mm. put out there christopher nolan is a fucking fraud and his movies (laughs) and his movies basically suck they're like, here's the thing about Christopher Nolan. His movies are cool. His movie, like, let me just say this. Let me say this. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. He thinks he's better than he is. And a lot of other that. people think he's better than he is. That's what I mean by yeah, fraud. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I never, you said that in the text thread, and I, I never asked you, like, what do you mean by fraud? I mean, I mean, he thinks he's better at what he does than he actually is. Well, it, totally, because he wears nice suits. 
Yeah. He wears, he wears like Jordan Peterson suits. And he does. Like if he wore a t shirt and jeans, I would have no issues with him at all. But <laughs> it's just the fact that he wears those stupid suits. He wears like one of those butler type suits, like overcoat suits all the time. Like the thing, my horse. Christopher Nolan's movies are cool, but they're never good. That's the difference. His movies can be cool, but they're not good. They're cool. Yeah, I think I agree. They're, they're good they're in a very bad. small way. They're not bad. I mean, great Batman. No, they're not bad. They're cool, but they're not good. And fun. Yeah, I'm saying Opp- yeah, fun. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer revealed that more than any other movie to me because it was the first. <laughs> it was the first time. He. It seemed like he was trying to like, you know, with like Inception and Interstellar and stuff. Like, yeah, you it's know, like a little. I, it's wacky fun that he. Yeah. Was, yeah. And I think the the stereotype of like a bros version of an intellectual movie is true yes. and all that. But in this in the Oppenheimer movie, he's dealing with such a, a like heavy subject and and a complex one. And that was the first time I really felt his like I'm I'm fucking good and smart. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not. Well, you guys, I seen, don't know. Um, they well, my favorite one of his is Dunkirk, which I think is awesome. That's well, like Dunkirk maybe, is pretty good. I, I haven't seen that. Maybe I'll watch that's that. That's an at actual some point. good movie. It's like a, a war art film. It's it's well, really good. one of the one of the reasons that the, I think this is actually relevant. Obviously, the Oppenheimer, the subject matter, but some of the discourse around the movie that I saw, which I thought was hilarious, was like, you know, where are the Japanese perspectives on 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 the nuclear bombs? And I, and as if like the the vast majority of like japanese cultural production post world war ii hasn't direct dealt like either directly or indirectly with yeah it's like that's all (laughs) that's what they've been talking what do you think they've been talking about for the last fucking 70 60 years dude yeah Yeah. this book this book in particular is about reverberating generational trauma right never leaving Mm -hmm. yeah and causing people to stupidly interact um what was that the museum of national surrender oh, the museum of unconditional surrender unconditional surrender. Yeah, 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 yeah. similar vibes of just like reverberating you know like um echoes or what are those things in water droplets when you put in the fucking ripples ripples yeah ripples in time. <laughs> <laughs> nipples <laughs> well yeah because like one of the huge things with Takashi and him wanting to foment this revolution is to reenact two generations of essentially what he sees as like the same thing and like a kind of innate quality of the family at that point, while also having like a darker personal rationale for doing all of it. Right. So, so like, you know, it feels like he sort idea- of wants to see what kind of person he actually is, right? Like, yeah, yeah. he ends up being not that great. It's like trial by fire. Like pain is the only like thing that pain is weakness leaving the body. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but like part of what seems to be the cautionary aspect of it is like, you know, at the very end, after this revolution has failed and Takashi's killed himself and everyone's lives are at least within the Netakoros are ruined, uh, more or less. They find a seat that the secret basement chamber. Yes, which reveals a, the you know a whole other side of uh, the great grandfather that Takashi was uh, idolizing so much. Well, because the whole thing is that that Mitsu is like tr- trying to go about like disabusing Takashi of his 
image of the great grandfather as this like right. great committed revolutionary and like there's a priest in the town who like finds an old diary and of like some letters and stuff that were written by the great grandfather and they paint like a very different picture than the one that Takashi it's the classic like you know um the 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 kind of like oh yeah you're you're like an anarchist when you're a teenager and then you grow up and get a job and and your right. politics kind of tamper and and um or temper temper tamp yeah tam not temper temp you know um and uh you become just like another sort of normie right it's like the nightmare of every radical teenager um and and mitsu is kind of like trying to paint that picture of the great grandfather to takashi but like you said matt they find this sort of hidden chamber when the emperor comes and he's just like yeah we're gonna tear this building down uh you yeah. know like because that, that's the whole there's this whole that's the whole other element of this like economic um the whole economic like subtext of the emperor kind of like running this area is like a, a little fiefdom for his fucking woolworths um and uh and then there's the racial element that he's korean and then all these, these people are very racist against korean people going back to the 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 um incident where the older brother who i think we is only ever referred to as s i think right? so yeah. Um, yeah we don't ever get the full name is uh is killed um for his part in uh, arguably by his own choice as like a sacrificial apology type thing perhaps we don't it really could know be, it's that could be takashi's spin on it because it that's be, takashi's yeah. deal that's his kind of fetish is to because like he uh self-sacrificing violence yeah because you learn about the molestation of the his sister and like the very incest. late late at the end that's like his big revelation which kind of is supposed to be the the last pixel to give you the full picture of why he's constantly seeking punishment like everyone's fueled by shame more or less right mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of like the fuel that burns and causes him to do anything is yeah he's, he's seeking death head on and the idea is like is that more genuine and, and the book kind of infers that it is because it's Takashi that it's, that it's better to I don't know it's just like Takashi gets validated and and Mitsu's wife seems to be far more have far more respect for Takashi in this weird way uh, yeah he is validated I mean the the, the finding of the himself, you mean? yeah the finding of the secret yeah. chamber is like part of the validation right because it shows right. that that the great-grandfather was actually a committed revolutionary and all of those letters were were fake and he wrote them from his like underground bunker where he was like reading radical tracks and then he merged later to lead another revolution another exactly. little uprising yeah so he like stayed true he like stuck to his guns essentially um so yeah the, the final dishonor bro that's right yeah he wanted he he thought he found it better to uh you know create create an abiding memory there's this whole thing about the spirit dance or whatever uh yeah or is that what it's called like this, I forget, there's like a there's a there's a uh term for it that i'm not remembering off the top of my head yeah Nimbus. this is like a it's like a ceremony that the village does where all the, the people dress up as like various important you know spirits forest spirits and uh you know people who from the village whose spirits still live on there there's a whole like the whole book is very like mythological i would say yeah. uh in terms well, of like, like the myths yeah, we, we tell ourselves about our own history and our family and how that plays into like local tradition mm -hmm. 
Well, there's, I think there's always a, a big cultural gap for me when I, I read J Japanese literature because I haven't really ever taken the time to understand their religious history. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I mean, I've looked it up before. I can't remember what it's called, like the, the main religion of Japan. Shinto, I think, is one of the traditional religions in Japan uh, that has to do with like this kind of thing, like nature, spirits, and I don't know much about it, but... Yeah, but I know, yeah, it's like worshipping, yeah, spirits, and I think animal, like animal spirits, I guess, yeah. you know. I can look it up real quick. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a polytheistic, animalistic, indigenous religion in Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or animistic, sorry. And I feel like, what is it, like 60 or 70% of the population, and then the rest is Buddhists, I think? It, it it's a mix in Japan. Yeah, there's a lot of it's there's a lot of Shinto, a lot of Buddhism, uh, and there's some Christianity too. Some Christianity, yep. Like most most places. Uh, but but Shintoism say, was what was annihilated in the war too. I think importantly, what was Shintoism was part of this ideology that, at least from a Western perspective, that was like keeping the Japanese so like fight to the death and like Hirohito was like that you you have to fucking crater this island or we're not going to stop fighting right so it's like a, I, I think there was like i might be wrong but like a big push to kind of like tamp that stamp that out uh yeah even though it was such an ingrained sort of tradition it's the same shit we did with the native americans right like of course well, yeah yeah i don't know if that was necessarily like your religion makes you your is the reason why you're different and we don't like Right. I don't know if that was necessarily a part of the Shinto religion though. I think that was more of the like the like the the emperor and you know them believing it's a, it's a it's a heady brew. They, they had it's a, a heady brew actual, anyway. They had an actual emperor mm -hmm. up until yeah. World War II. Hirohito, yeah. Yeah. So, Shinto, like the main religion. Yeah, and that was I I think that's probably what they were practicing with the sort of spirit procession that they mm -hmm. were doing. But the key is like if you're a big enough figure in the town, you become part of this procession where people sort of put on a mask of you and wear some articles of clothing that sort of symbolize you, like Gabe was saying, sort of like symbols informing uh current action and like myths intermixing with reality. And uh it seems like that's what the great grandfather and Takashi gets one at the end of the book. He gets one when he he achieved essentially his goal. Yep. Which is to emulate his great grandfather, who I believe also got one. Yep. Um, the idea being, right, like, I don't know, your the idea of you lives on, the man of action and will and violence, uh, carves a space in the memories of people as a myth, and then that's that's the far more like long term effective means of change. And Mitsu ends the book again back in a fucking hole. Yeah, he crawls back in his hole <laughs> like a little rat. <laughs> and then and then, you know, Natsumi comes and tells him, you know, I'm pregnant with uh Takashi's kid and I'm keeping it and I think we should uh raise it and also we should go get our other kid back from the institution. Yeah. And Mitsu's yeah. kind of and Mitsu's kind of like fuck it, I guess. <laughs> I also read this as like Oe's potential to like that dichotomy we we're talking about at the top of the show, like uh like the two sides of his own personality, the like the person who believes in willful action and violence and the person who is like the cloistered academic who just wants to like kind of ignore it, but also criticize it constantly. 
because mm-hmm. it's it gets a little uncomfortable when people like his brother are around him and are just like we're gonna have to do some fucked up shit because the world's fucked up and like yeah i don't know it felt like the war a war of like these two perspectives that like oa might have within himself that he's like kind of like getting out on the page like yeah his, which is- his takashi <laughs> side and his mitsu side that is interesting because i'm actually reading uh carl young's book about dreams and his like upbringing his childhood oh cool yeah it's actually really cool and he talks about that he talks about like the uh like everyone having kind of a two dueling personalities that are constantly like at odds with each other yeah i don't know how much i like agree that that's that exists or like i don't know i don't know to what degree like telling again telling yourself that narrative just like conjures it into reality and then you just behave accordingly or whether it's like real real but yeah yeah in this book there's not much room for anything resembling like <laughs> like, like like hope uh whatsoever yeah i which, mean the only glimmer of hope is at the very end which feels a little bit like I don't know, like the end of Fight Club almost, just like everything's burning down, but they're going to be like, oh, let's start a new life together, I guess. You know, it's like, you just, you get the sense that it's still, like, there's so much darkness in the entire book that, like, that last glimmer of hope seems to not really have that much wind behind it. Let's say, you know. Well, it's like, again, it's like this question is like, what are you, what else are you supposed to do? Right? (laughs) Like, yeah, we'll kill yourself. Kill <laughs> I guess, you. right? It's yeah. the, it's the yeah. it's the myth of Sisyphus, right? This is the only the only uh, yeah. Camus, the only relevant philosophical question is suicide. Yeah, because like the friend, the friend gets the ball rolling at least conceptually for both Mitsu and Natsumi, right? Like, yeah, that's the reason Natsumi starts to drink. Well, the kid, arguably. Uh, like their their child, I think, had a really negative effect on Natsumi, maybe specifically. I got the impression she hadn't been drinking though until the funeral. Of the friend. Yeah, I think that might be right. Yeah, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, because he is like characterized as this guy who is, you know, pretty vibrant and intellectually engaged in like the academic life. I think he was like also a professor of some sort they were working on translating a book together at the time of his death yeah he was was vibrant it was about what it was about cucumbers yeah yeah the difference (laughs) sizes and gauges (laughs) that was the plan all along yeah (laughs) sodomology uh who does he go off meds or like have a mental break of some kind? And then, cause he's in, he's in America and he meets Takashi, Takashi briefly. And like, yes, he's doing, he's doing some sort of, uh, he's in Columbia or he's in some nice Ivy league or whatever in like New York. Yeah. Takashi. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think he's Columbia. Or the other guy, the friend. Yeah. And then, uh, he just decides he's gonna, you know, I think he has a wife as well. And like, he's just like, something snaps in him he can't escape out of a depression that he's having and i think he was like known to have fits of them Mm -hmm. and then he just gets really into like kink and fetish shit in like yes downtown tokyo and 
fetish, fetish. I like fetish. to bind. I like to be bound. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? <laughs> it's, from it's from Ollie Sunny. What's all this stuff you have? <laughs> fetish shit. Which I guess ends in this sort of David Carradine <laughs> crescendo. True. Uh, the red, I couldn't get the, I think the red head thing, all I could see it as was just a foreshadowing of Takashi's end. I didn't really yeah. see any any further significance. It's just sort of like the two, you know, the beginning and ending sort of. Being Wait, the red, the red painted face? And yeah, the, yeah, the head, yeah. Because Takashi oh, yeah, blow, yeah. basically blows his face off with a gun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wonder why he painted his, his fucking hand red. Well, that's the whole thing is that you know it's like they're red skull. He's they're, a red they're, skull. They're the red skull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's the whole thing is that like Me Too and and everybody is just like it. It's this kind of like you know, and Takashi talks about this to me too. It's like whatever it was he was saying, it was that was his like most deeply personal truth that he probably never told anyone else and uh, you know to to kind of like wonder about it is sort of a fool's errand right like that's that's just what it was man he painted his head and stuck a cucumber up his ass and that 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 he was he was expressing something about himself that maybe only he could understand right sort of not 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 meaningless but unknowable yeah exactly exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because there's all these talks of truth like at the very end when Mitsu's in his little hole again mm-hmm. he sort of, he sort of gets at like a revelation that but then he's like but it can't be uttered like I couldn't right I, I couldn't tell you what it was that I understand it, it was it was very particular wording yeah but that's how that's how fucking that airless this book is it's like you're just trapped in like hell. I mean, yeah. there's that whole hell painting that that they look at too. Right, like, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's like you're just in hell. Yeah, it's it, it was of, it, it uh, was rough. It's a little event horizon like at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth is the black hole that takes you to hell, and you come out, yeah. and you're and you're Sam Neil with no skin, real, no eyes, yeah, and no eyes. Yeah. Did you guys get emotionally affected by this at all? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I did. I, I it brought out a, a deep darkness, fear in my psyche. Yeah, I mean, there were parts of it. I think for sure that that you know he write and he writes really beautifully just about about a lot of things, right? I, I'll, this is unrelated, but I I feel compelled to note it. Um, some of the fucking descriptions of like winter in the village were so fucking gorgeous it was like such a goddamn vibe yeah for lack of a better term like it was just so you just like this snow falling and the sounds and the shapes and the colors and it was like he writes very beautifully about nature right you love um, fucking winter i love snow i love uh i love winter i love nature writing and so yeah and he did a great job vibes uh but yeah i was affected at some points i think you know, uh, I definitely felt the, uh, you know, I think the, the, some of the scenes with Takashi and, and Mitsu, particularly after Mitsu finds out that like Takashi's fucking his wife, mm. I, like the, just like the, like the mix of like anger and like, I don't yeah. even care. I don't even care anymore. 
Like yeah. that, I thought those were very uh, like well wrought psychologically. Yeah, if you felt despair in your life, and everyone probably has, it's like it, it's it's definitely hits that one note very very accurately in a way that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and that the particular level of depression where you are at once feeling the hurt and emotions that would normally spur you to action but you're just so fucking debilitated and that you also are numb and couldn't give two shits. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, yeah. The yeah, phrase, yeah. The, the phrase that I actually got the most emotionally affected by and like a kind of made me like choke up kind of way was early. It wasn't like a beautiful fl- flight of writing. It was just the phrase that, that I'll try to remember. It's like a, he kept saying a couple times it failed to constitute an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, for whatever reason so fucked me yeah. up. Like just he's yeah. just living his life and and like technically experiencing stuff, but it's he just the way he says it failed to constitute any kind of actual experience. Like he's just things are just glancing, like the world is glancing off of him, and he's just this like nothing's hap nothing's really like changing in him or happening is is rough. Mm. Yeah. Well, and also having no emotional reaction one way or the other. It's just like him accepting the 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 sadness waves coming at him. And everyone and everyone hates everyone hates Mitsu. Yeah. Yeah, Mitsu is is he's he gets it from all sides. No one respects him and no one really likes him. Wait, is Mitsu I forget. In the, in the in the beginning, the the two brothers talk about like one of them being the ugly one. Is it me, me too? Yeah, the mom yeah. says the mom the he, he has a memory of of their mother being like <laughs> he's gonna grow up to be hot and you're gonna be fucking ugly. Yeah, <laughs> fucking terrible. Which yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Jesus. He's gonna be hot and successful. Oh yeah. Oh and oh ugly. and by the way, we for, completely forgot to mention he's fucking blind in one eye. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, right. Which is a whole other thing. Like on the Mitsu train, mm-hmm. he did. He's not David. He didn't become David Bowie and get like a cool, like diachromatic eye. He's just got like a shitty dead one, just whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because some kids arbitrarily just threw rocks threw at him. Rock it was at funny because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do. I mean, I, I feel I do feel like this is a this is a, a deeply um, uh, personally educated from personal experience account of depression. Uh, yes. From yeah, OA's, yeah. From OA's perspective. Like you, you couldn't I don't think you could write about it this way unless you were intimately fucking familiar with it. Yeah, it was kind of hard. to. Like, I haven't been depressed in a while, but I've like over a year. But I've definitely gone through my stints and it, it was kind of rough to read and just to like be just so encapsulated by the entire re- reading experience was like a little too much for me sometimes because it was just like oh i remember feeling this way where like no matter what is being thrown at you it's like within a realm of darkness and it doesn't matter it's just like anything that's coming at you is just like bad or, or makes you feel numb but it, yeah it, yeah oh and, go ahead I was going to say, like, the, I don't know if OA was, like, trying, I don't think he was trying to get at this. I think his general message was actually, by the end, trying to be hopeful and uplifting in a weird way. But 
reading the book, I, I don't know. My my deep emotional moment didn't come at any particular line. It was just like, I think I, it brought out that fear in me that like, at the end of life, I'm going to be disabled or debilitated or left alone. And like the, the, the last moments of everyone's life is just like lonely, depressing, sad, and you're scared and it's terrible. And <laughs> that yeah. sucks. That sucks to think about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to uh, secretly subconsciously believe that either, but <laughs> You know, a part of me fears that I kind of do. I think that I also, I also thought like, yeah, totally. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm good. It's it's just fucking real. And I was thinking about other moments where I was like affected, and I was like, you know, uh, there's uh, without without getting into too much detail, there's alcoholism in my family, and the 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 moments because like after takashi and natsumi get together she stops drinking basically right yeah yeah um which is like and and mitsu there's like a couple moments where he talks about like i i miss the person i I miss her when she was drinking you know what i mean it's just like so fucking and obviously it's like both a the both is sort of like reflection of his feelings about her and certain totem sort of like that sense of feeling like she needs him uh, as, as, uh, and, and also this sense of like, wow, well, he, he cured her quote unquote of like this ailment that I couldn't, but also like, that was our comfortable routine that we had, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was depressing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like it's just, it's just so bleak. It's so, it's so dismal. I had, a, I had, I had trouble getting through it just because like, you know, it's not like you have to be some sort of like Pollyanna, a denier of like this aspect of life but like because it's so it feels so informed by depression and a person who's inescapably just like in the darkness and you're not it does feel like you're just getting kind of how i regard like depressive states which is uh you're not necessarily it's not necessarily incorrect some of the perceptions and perspectives you have in those states it's just like it's not the entirety of it right mm. and so well, yeah yeah there's there a little just, bit of... no keep going i'm just saying there is something like mildly almost frustrating about reading a book like this when you're not like fucked up <laughs> because you know y- you're inhabiting the other half almost of like experience mm. um yeah and you're 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 dragged into the worst aspects of it which are there but like old but it's that it to the exclusion of everything else yeah yeah part of me was just like fucking get over it dude like <laughs> <laughs> well it's like it's i mean i think and i think specifically the end right you're talking about the ending a little bit paul and like the the kind of like <clears throat> moment where they're like i guess we'll just raise these kids that we can't and you're gonna go to africa for who knows how long and whatever and and he's just like i guess fuck it you know it's just, it's class it's just it's just beckett right it's just i can't go on i'll go on yeah right yeah, like that's, that's what it is it's mm-hmm. that same sort of impulse i think what did you guys make of Jin, the fattest woman in japan well i think maybe Not we that, that i think maybe we saved that for the <laughs> patreon we're about, at an, we're about at an hour here yeah <laughs> she was based actually uh we're about an hour 
already. So All right, I, I do want I want to talk about Jin. I want to talk about the Hermit G. Oh, G, right. And I yeah. want to talk about uh, Mitsu's fucking weird ass dream where everyone's an old man. Uh, yeah, yeah. And unpack some of that stuff too. So, as always, folks, way more after the jump on the Patreon only segment mm. of the show, which you can access if you go to patreon.com slash spinecrackers and pay $2 a month, which is a pittance for the level of analysis and fun good times that you have with and us funness your friends yeah don't go don't go to the freaking 711 and buy yourself a seven up just give us some two dollars it's cheaper than a monster energy drink yeah <laughs> it's true for christ's sake it's literally true <laughs> monster yeah. energy drink is like three bucks 399 three bucks three for two three fifty <laughs> two fifty <laughs> <laughs> eight different eight different denominations <laughs> and uh leave us a review on apple podcast too uh yeah if you, if you want to do that um yeah if you leave a, if you leave us a review on apple podcast we'll read it on the we'll show. read it we did it last episode we yeah. did so i'm so lucky that the Haggard line in all its permutations is so good. If we could do a super cut of everything we've ever said, that would be really that would funny. be real. That's really some funny. of them are really good. Some yeah. of them are good. Uh, I'm not happy. I'm not super happy. I'm, game, not, I'm not happy with that one because it's do you want to take another run? No, if someone else okay. has a good one though, feel free. Nah, fuck. No, it's, I can't. Nah, you, it's in the it's in the moment. It's organic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But um. So anyway, so this is the segment of the show uh, called "We Literally Just Read Another Book," where we talk about uh, uh, the characters from the book we just read and put them into their respective Hogwarts houses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so uh, here we go. <laughs> with this, with this segment. <laughs> Uh, with, uh, here we with, go uh, okay with this book okay uh, um, uh so uh natsumi <laughs> oh god um fucking everybody is everybody a hufflepuff no no uh, definitely not uh, Definitely not. Everyone is not a puff. Uh, I feel like she... not, I don't want to double up, but I feel like Natsumi and Mitsu are both like analysis paralysis, bad version of Ravenclaws. Mm. Okay. Because they both have to always like, they're always going and like meditating on something. They're like, I need to run, I need to like think about this. I need to right. really assess all the data and like right. com- come to a conclusion about you know the state of affairs with the new information that i have etc i think mitsu i think is way more like that than natsumi i think and also the other thing with natsumi is she undergoes a pretty radical change over the course of the book too right yeah she has like three different i feel like by the end i feel like by the end she's kind of griff yeah i think she like like, finds her own i'm fucking gonna just do what i want do my thing I guess it's yeah, true. Kind of like a Neville Longbottom type character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he undergoes a, a change. 
Yeah, right. Massive, she gets hot. But he stays in the same house the whole time, though. Yeah, yeah well, we've, I mean, we've the, never really the, discussed. The, the hat knows. The hat knows, I know. The yeah, there's there's no, in the Harry Potter world, there's no, it doesn't seem, is there room for personal growth? Can you, can you shift into a new house by like. No, I don't think so. I think you're always no, the same it's, it's kind of fatalistic, isn't it? True. Yeah. 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 But I'm yeah, she does. I I do agree with Gabe. She kind of becomes Gryffindor at the end. She seems through the multiple waves of tragedy and horror that she's witnessed uh, and the personal defeat she's gone through to kind of own her life in yeah. a, what seems to be a more direct head on way. Pretty Griff way. Yeah. So maybe that was always in her and therefore she is Gryffindor. OK, true. I mean, if that's always what it is, it's Griff. She's Griff. I'm introducing a new thought about my sorting process is that if and I think it only applies to Gryffindor because that's the way it is in the book in the movies in the books is if like if you act like a Gryffindor at some point in your life span across time then you are one. Mm. Wait, what say that again? Like the the hat can predict that you're going to make Gryffindor moves later in your life. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So it, in a book we read, and then the uh, character starts out maybe Neville, like Neville, like Neville. I yeah. love the idea so of that. Hat why would that? Why voice? would that be exclusive to Gryffindor? Couldn't you start out Griff and then become Slith? Yeah. Couldn't you be I, doing Slith shit and then it's like, oh, that was actually much, you? Doesn't make as much sense to me. <laughs> what? Well, it is I, all made up. I agree with the concept. Oh, yeah. I, agree with the, <laughs> I agree with the concept, but I think it has to be universally applied to all houses. I'm only yeah, not Gabe, applying Gabe's it a Kantian about the hat. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, in a it, from the evidence we've received from the movies. <laughs> the and categorical films. imperative of sorting. <laughs> you mean the categorical imperative? <laughs> <laughs> You. <laughs> oh shit! I'm saying you, you. Yes, that. yes, that's exactly what I mean. Okay, well, so I think Natsumi is Griff. Yeah, I'll give you that one, and therefore, and therefore, I think Mitsu remains Ravenclaw. I think, he's, yeah, he's in his head, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, then Takashi. Takashi, he's a complicated is case here. He's Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff? That's like the last one I would pick. Well, that's the second to last. It was between <laughs> Slith and Griff for me. Really? Why? Well, because why Slytherin? Slytherin because he's so he just he literally just does whatever he wants all the time. And mm. that's well, I feel pretty Slith. And it's like not necessarily, but it could be in a Griff way, right? Where it's like I'm do, but but I I he's not. I don't think so. You don't think what? I think he's incredibly loyal. I mean, most obviously to the memory of his ancestors. Yeah, that's true. In a fucked up criminal way, he was loyal to his sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah we, oh, God. Maybe we have to talk about that more in the Patreon segment. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the big reveal um, or one of them. Um, yeah, I just think he has a deep loyalty that allows him to be brave but he's not necessarily i don't know if he's slith enough because he he's seeking destruction like i feel like his loyalties and his self-conception of like the family line and his memory 
are like maybe could be read as Slytherin, but I just read them more as like, uh, like Hufflepuff, like, like he was kind of deeply like, like it sound it. I think everything he was doing was just this like really twisted way of like compensating for the hurt he caused his family and stuff like that. I just feel uh, like he's, I feel like he's just insane though. Is the problem? I could see that, but like to me, I read Takashi as like. And I've known many people like this in my life who are that just sucks. like, <laughs> well, no, not like, not, not like, no, not know, like yeah. Takashi per se, but like with this specific trait where it's like, they're so, they think they're being so noble and like, I'm, I, I just need to find out the truth about myself. And, and I, do, I just do so much introspection and, and they think it's like, noble and and like altruistic in some way even but they're just self-absorbed selfish people and i kind of oh, think yeah. he's like that maybe maybe mm. we're maybe we read him totally differently it's definitely possible i think we just no, got I, a sl- I got a slytherin rising maybe in my analysis but a hufflepuff that's fucked up i take the point about loyalty to tradition and family history i i i, I do get that i would flip it i would say slytherin hufflepuff rising Cause he's like, he's like, he's, he's so, one. he's so weird and, 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 and in the head that like, he, he just he goes like, out in the snow and with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like he, cucks what happens? His, that happens in the book guys. But like he cucks his brother, right. Yeah. He sleeps with his brother's wife. And then he's like, it, it wasn't, this was, this was good for me and Natsumi. And also he like marches over to the warehouse where his brother's sleeping and is like, bro did you hear i i fucked your wife Isn't yeah that? yeah he's like and then he's just like he's kind of like almost enthused by like the you know but he, even says, of this. but he even says about that like i had to do it to find out something about myself yeah right how is that not slytherin behavior you're right you know what you're right slytherin hufflepuff well, i'll rising. give you the hufflepuff rising yeah for sure okay okay all right, Paul. Cool. Paul, what do you do? You agree? Do you have any, any I agree. disagreements? I agree wholeheartedly. Slytherin, Hufflepuff rising. Fuck yeah. Nice. Well, that's settled. All right. Um, did you guys have a word from the book that you didn't know before? A new word? Education? No, I forgot. I got one. I got one. All right, Matt, go ahead. Mine was Skrull. How's that? How's that? How's that? Squirrel. Which is, which is a good Scrabble word. S-K-I-R-L. That's a girl. That's a fucking great Scrabble word. Yeah. Uh, that's a good uh, wordle word for guess. Oh, true. True. There's 158,000 some odd five letter words. Um, Skrull means a shrill wailing sound, uh, in particular that of bagpipes. Fuck yeah. can apply to the wind and things like that. Mm, I make that sound every day, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just wake up and like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, scurly morning. Uh, that's a good word, squirrel. Okay, mine was um, coelenterate. C o e l e n t e r a t e, which uh, get it's thematic. Getting back to Matt's earlier point about the the animals, it's a zoo- zoological term that refers to aquatic invertebrate animals of a phylum that includes jellyfish, corals, and sea anemones. And that's how you say that? Is that the, like, phonetic pronunciation? Oh, no, I think it's se- salenterate. 
The COE right. is like a say sound. Because I was thinking of a coelacanth. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's the same type of thing. Yep, I think you're right. Salentoret. That's a good one too. Yeah, harder to spell in Scrabble, but definitely. Good. <laughs> yeah, you know, you would never be able to do that in Scrabble. Too many letters. Uh, okay, Paul didn't have one. Uh, didn't do his homework. That's fine. Um, nope. he doesn't have a computer. He's still on his phone. Yeah, this is this is phone broadcasting. We'll I'm get to that in the Q and A. Oh, you're on an iPad. Um, okay, so there's only one thing left to do at this point, then, and that is score this book up on a scale of one to five. How we uh, felt about it. Tim suffers. I get to go last. Yeah, Paul gets All to right. go last because it's his book. I find Paul, this one because to... Paul wrote it. Yeah. I find this one to be difficult. I had mentioned this in the Discord when we were sort of talking about your point you made about like is just like happiness uh uh innately less engaging mm -hmm. tone to strike and topic to cover in literature. Yeah, I think it's a weird it's a tough topic. And there were a lot of thoughtful responses. Thank you, everybody. Uh but I, I you know I remember Patreon.com slash Pinecrackers. Hear what we have to say there and everyone else, all the lovely people. Um, we were saying there are certain things where it's it's kind of unrelenting, uh, but it's more of like a, a superficial, like depression as opposed, depression as at this point in literature's history, an innately interesting thing that people are aware of and kind of uh, uh, exploit. Mm. To, to generate a sense of gravity to their work this one though which i mentioned as an exception feels like something that is just basically covering pain and for what i think are like incredibly like deep historically informed reasons and the personal reasons of the author so it didn't exactly fall in that kind of like woe is me category it was more like no someone's wrestling with something serious here right but the reading experience was a fucking grind for me it was beautiful but like yeah inhabiting that perspective for this many pages was just kind of like unpleasant as it's supposed to be <laughs> um but i don't know i i still think it, it was actually really good um i like oa his other book is is equally dismal um that i read i'm gonna go ahead and give this a uh Fuck, where the fuck did I give the Duchovny book? I don't, it definitely can't be that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a, a, a 3.7. Nice. I feel like I gave the Duchovny book a 3.7 exactly. <laughs> In that case, can I change it to a 3.8? Yes. I think it earned a 3.8 for sure. Is this the one that no, won the Nobel or was it a different one? Well, he, you, the books don't win the Nobel. Just oh, the, it's just the right. Just his do. Body yeah, his yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. Uh yeah, I I it 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 reading it was not quite as much of a grind for me uh emotionally. Um I you know, it was obviously it's a lot. Uh but I I agree with what you said, Matt. Like it never it never falls into that like woe is me or or like 
obviously earlier we had one of those moments where we were just kind of like listing off all the awful things that and, and then then you get that kind of like your experience like the revenant moment where it's like yeah. jesus dude like just t- chill but like for me reading it i never got that experience because it's it, it builds in a way that's not like it's not just one thing after the other for me yeah. like there are a lot of quiet moments and tender moments and you know some of the moments in winter in the village and and you know like little it's kind of interstitial moments that break up just the like grinding horror. Um, yeah, like the part in the winter time where he goes out with a boner, like that part. Yeah, like that was funny or or cute, wholesome. And we didn't even talk about how Takashi murders another girl. We didn't even talk about this. Well, mm-hmm. pay up. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you want to hear us <laughs> talk about that, we can we can get on it. Holy crap! I yeah, I just remembered that. Okay, anyway, Alleg- allegedly. Allegedly, but also again, Slytherin. He might even be lying about it to exactly. try to bolster his self-image of himself, right? As like a violent nihilist, fucking whatever. Um. Anyway, so it wasn't quite as much of a grind for me, and I was really able to. I I, I just enjoyed the the writing and the the way OA goes about exploring a lot of these topics, and you know, I think uh, I think there were a, there's a lot of um interesting sort of political historical undertones here like i kind of want to talk about it when we're in patreon like yeah some of yeah. the some of the like like i was trying to find out if any of these like rebellions that he's writing about were based on like real events and i couldn't really but anyway we'll talk about that uh so there's a lot going on uh in this book and but i think it's it's <clears throat> it's very elegant to me uh very very heavy obviously um and i think the relationship between takashi and mitsu is really well uh wrought and it's like very focused right there's really like three characters that matter um and then there's a few other characters that are around and some of takashi's posse or the the priest and so on and so forth yeah i think uh it's like it's like it's like a dead four i think for me maybe 4.1 i thought it was really good uh nice phrasing not not quite uh not quite as much not not quite as much of a grind in terms of the experience of reading it for me as maybe for certainly some other people um so i'm gonna go four one nice 4.1 it's a, it's a very good book wow well i i uh i think i'm gonna echo like basically most of what you guys said um i think it was definitely well well written and there are aspects of it that were definitely beautiful um i think that like interactions with the characters were like really well done i like the different angles between like a lot of things i don't like we talked about we don't totally understand like the religious angles but also the political ones i i feel like i just didn't totally understand so i couldn't fully grasp what was happening yeah but in terms of like in terms of like what was hitting me over the head which would hit anybody over the head reading this book is just like the overbearance of you know, sad, depressive moments, one after another, after another. It's like, you know, Gabe's a little bit of a Tom Bombadil. He's never had depression. He can just <laughs> let the, the one ring bounce off his fucking forehead and he's fine. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit like, uh, I wish I didn't read this book or, or I wish I didn't have to. Uh, you know, I was kind of supplementing 
with Dune and having a great time with Dune in the last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, do, you you put this book down. And you need a little Dune chaser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually called Matt after work today to talk about Dune. I love Dune. It was a happy, fun time. I gotta yeah. read Dune. Um, I tried to read Dune once and I didn't like it. I stopped. Dude, I I tried reading Dune like 10 times and i finally got past like the first chapter i was like okay i'm into it now all right all right i gotta try it again um but i don't i don't really know how to score this book because it's obviously good it's one of those things where it's like objectively this is a good book but um i'll never read it again never consider reading it again i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i'll i don't know if i want to read any more of oh i think i actually know i would read more oa um but yeah i think i think i'll give it a 3.8 like with matt i'm right there with matt i think yeah right nice all right well that is our thoughts on uh the silent cry by kinsborough oa and uh if you want to hear more you know what to do patreon.com spine crackers thank you for listening uh leave us a review yeah five stars or four or one yeah be honest. We all know it's fine. We all know yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Let's, keep it, a, it's let's fine. keep it above here. If it could be, if you could do six, you know, it would be six. You can write in your <laughs> in your review that it is. Six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could six. give this podcast nine stars. Yeah, right. write in vote or maybe ten even. Yeah, why not? Yeah, for instance, to be numbers a go number. numbers go high. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so they go sit on that. Think about that yeah. for a minute, people. All right, All right. we'll nice see you. Ne- we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next time. And folks, I'm going to give you a heads up, a little uh, sneak preview. It does not get less depressing in terms of the next <laughs> book that we're going to read. No. What are we reading, dude? Dude, 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 dude. All right, but Gabe's right. So it's not it's not Dune, but it's also another very depressing book. I'm going to pick something. I try. I'm going to try to pick something funny at some point soon. Fucking please. I know we're we're in the juice. Huh? We could also switch it. We could. We'll see. I don't want to because I already read two thirds of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of long. Yeah. And it's long. All right. See you then, y'all. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Bye. Bye.